to relieve that pain, which will be better for me, but not so enjoyable for all of you. This isn't a wedding. It's blood and it's guts. It's grits. It's violence. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of The Crossroads. As always, I'm your host, DFDC, Jeff Pomacho, and alongside me is my belt brother from another mother, the one, the only, Dusty Dave. What's going on? Yeah, what up, what up, what up? It's another week in quarantine, another week of crazy wrestling, and oh my god, I'm losing my fucking mind. But You can say that again. <laughs> but one thing I will say, one thing that has kept me tethered to this universe is this podcast. It's kind of funny. After our first episode, me and uh, Double F Double C were talking like, how often do we want to do the show? We were like, every other week, maybe like once a month. And, and we're three weeks in a row right off the bat. So in all honesty... I'm liking this, it's keeping me tethered, but oh my fucking god, do we have a lot of stuff to talk about. That's the thing, I thought the revival, you know, being released was newsworthy, but I mean, we have so much stuff to talk about, and it's gonna be a great episode, hopefully it's gonna help, you know, lift the spirits for everybody this week in particular, being that it was Black Wednesday um, a few days ago, and... For those of you who maybe aren't, you know, on social media and aren't paying attention to things, the WWE had a massive round of furloughs, layoffs, you know, firings due to the coronavirus and its impact. Um, And we're definitely going to be discussing that, you know, at length. And everyone stay tuned for the end of the episode when Dave and I talk about a galaxy far, far away. More on that later. But, you know... What did you think of your namesake making his uh, on-screen debut against the one, the only, Tommaso Ciampa? All right, so I I, I do have to preface this. It's going to be a little long-winded because I... I, That's okay. I, I need to preface this with, like, going back about a month and a half to February 1st. I was able to get off from work and I was able to go down to Philadelphia to the 2300 to see MLW. Now, my reason for wanting to go to MLW is because I checked out one of their tapings at the Melrose Ballroom and because Killer Cross was going to be there. Now, it, it was an amazing experience. And I was able to do cheesesteaks and go, and I was able to meet up with a good brother, Scott Rand. And uh, Love Scott. it's kind of funny, I ran into him when he was talking across. And by that point in time, me and Cross have met three times. So this would be my fourth time. 
And I, you know, let them talk and then Cross actually like paused their conversation and said, what's up, Dave, to me. And he even offered to not charge me for the meet and greet, but I paid the money because it's killer fucking Cross. And then I got to not just see him come out for one segment, they were doing taping. So I basically saw four episodes of Cross. Like he was supposed to have a match by himself, then he was in a match with the Von Eriks. Long story short, this was his last independent booking before signing to WWE slash NXT slash a performance center. For those of you who don't know, he signed and is part of a two-person class, him and Timothy Thatcher. I also, at MLW, got a chance to meet Timothy fucking Thatcher. Neither here nor there. Now, with NXT, they've always done the vignettes of the coming soons very well. But crosses were different. Crosses, you know, involved the Doomsday Clock. For the for those of you who don't know, the Doomsday Clock is a real thing. However, minutes we are from midnight is where the world stands to annihilation. And you know, you have the picture of the vultures here and there. But they were done so well. And then it came to a head last week after the final beat between Ciampa and Gargano. Candice LeRae seemingly turned heel and supposedly even dyed her hair purple. Uh, <laughs> gave Gargano the cup. Gave Gargano the kick to the nuts. And then also kicked Ciampa to the nuts. But they walk out to their car, and you don't see Full Cross. You see them waiting, him and Scarlet, waiting in the car. And then this week, during the segment, is it over? Ciampa admitted Gargano's a better man, and gets attacked out of nowhere. Camera falls to the ground, and the the camera work really reminded me of the old Shield vignettes. The you know, nobody knows where they are, like the shaky camera work, similar to Cloverfield. And then you see what is believed to be Scarlet Bordeaux's heel and Killer Cross. Oh my. Oh my god, it, it, it was so good because, yo, that's a debut of a debut. To not even, like, you know, just interrupt the match. To interrupt the segment and to take out Psycho Killer. To show up after his match with Gargano. I, I'm, I'm literally, like, so happy. Now I have to transition to the other side of it. Immediately after the episode, we get a cross shirt on WWE Shop. And his name was revealed to be 
Karrion Cross or Kyron Cross. I'm not sure how it's being pronounced. And a, a lot of the fandom was a little pissed off. It's kind of funny. This is going to tie into some of our later stuff. But first off, I've already ordered that shirt. Second of all, the fact that like the, some of our our family's marks, WWE marks, thought that a future NXT and main roster champion in a PG program would be allowed to keep Killer is beyond me. Now, he could be called Cross. He could be called Kevin Cross. He could be called Kyron Cross. He could be called Killer Cross. Regardless, he's fucking Cross. He'll always be Killer Cross to me, but I'm not gonna bitch and moan because they didn't let him keep Killer. Like, come on, bro. Yeah. Like, that shirt's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I think for a lot of people, I was really strictly watching AEW Wednesday night. Um, you know, it could have been because of Black Wednesday, which we'll get into. But, you know, literally when I saw that he made his debut, I felt like I was in the 90s again, flipping the channel back to USA. Yeah. And, you know, it was remarkable to see that, you know, they're letting him be with Scarlett, too. Like, don't let that be understated because she could have very easily been in that ladder match with, yeah. you know, all the other women. She very easily could have been, you know, being the smoke show that everyone knows her to be. Without her husband, her real life husband. Well, well, they're, um, they're they're not married. They're they're approaching they're, that. They've been together. for You a would life. know. You would know better yeah, than no, I. No, would. Uh, but, uh, they've literally done everything together. There was like a small time before they started dating when she was in uh, um, faction in Ring of Honor with Matt Taven. It was called Hoopla, and she was a redhead and. I'm actually not very well read up on that uh, fashion, but uh, fi finish your uh, statement about uh, that, and then I want to chime in on Scarlet as a whole as well. Definitely. What was interesting is, as you mentioned, you know, we see that Johnny and Candace are able to work together, and... It seems as though that WWE is being more, I don't want to say respectful, but at least mindful of couples who are on the roster with Bianca Belair joining the Raw roster to Andrade, Charlotte, Montez Ford. Becky, Seth. The list goes on and on. So maybe it's, you know, this new trend being that, you know, unlike the olden days and the glory days, now more people are dating within the industry um, as opposed to I would like, say more open about dating in the industry because uh, yeah it, it's always happened but for a while it was frowned upon and they were intentionally separated but be, with the traveling and all that and the advent of social media now the line between kayfabe and reality is so blurred for them to not 
do it the way they're doing now, it comes off as trying to like pull one over on the fans. So I, 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 I'm definitely a fan of it. Do I think it has to be across the board? No, but I'm not going to complain because we have Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, two of my favorites in NXT. And now I finally have seen, well, I've seen one in a quarter because I, I would say Scarlet's boot counts as a quarter. But I, I, I've seen a quarter of another, and I'm just happy because, like, first off, you we mentioned last week and the week before, we were supposed to be at Tampa. Yep. If, if COVID-19 did not take that away from us, I feel like we would have gotten Gargano Ciampa in the same type of, same type of a physical match, but in Hell in a Cell. That would have been cool. Yeah, and the thing is, we didn't get that. So, I mean, I'll always be bitter on not getting the first Hell in a Cell in NXT and not having Cross Attack after that. Like, Cross's attack would have been at the TakeOver. Yeah, I definitely think it would have been. Um, We all remember Adam Cole's debut... Um, against the WWE champion, currently Drew McIntyre, after his oh match God, winning t- it against oh Bobby Roode back in the day. Wasn't that at... I was uh, in that crowd. That was at uh, fucking Brooklyn. Yeah, that was TakeOver 3, I want to say. Yeah. Brooklyn. Uh, we, we got all through him, Bobby Riley, and Ky- Kyle... Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish... They all attacked, and then I remember that super kick in the last shot. And then everyone yeah. was leaving that arena going, Adam Cole, baby. Like, Absolutely. And that, you know, created those iconic moments. Um, and, you know, that was one of the great, you know, that's why I think this era of, you know, the Corona edition of wrestling is so unique because the fans play an active role in every wrestling show. So by having no audience, it's literally like you're not having a roster member because the fans play a part in that roster and you can listen to Jericho talk about it quite openly. Roman talks about it also. And John Cena does well. Really, any wrestler who's really at the top of their game will say they feed off the energy from the crowd. And without having a crowd there, it makes it that much harder to put on a match, which is why, you know, I really commend all the performers who, you know, are are putting on a show, who are entertaining us, who are wrestling for us. You know, they don't have to do that. They can be quarantined at home like the rest of us, but they want to do their craft and their art form. And even, you know with the um, addition of Velveteen Dream and Finn Balor with their match and Velveteen's impeccable trolling. You know, we're seeing how now is that they're really relying on Twitter and other social media to supplement that crowd factor because there's no other way to gauge what they're doing on screen other than social media, which is why I commend Cody Rhodes and a bunch of the AEW roster 
who have been live tweeting the shows during these pre-recorded um, episodes that they've been showing. Yeah, um, absolutely. MJF has done them as well in his, you know, flid way that MJF <laughs> is. His flid um, way. His flid way. Um, you know, and it's just really cool that they're able to have this reach. But Wednesday, I think, hit differently for everybody because what's now being known as Black Wednesday, where we saw just a amalgus of just so many people being furloughed and let go and released and best of luck on your future endeavors, all because of the coronavirus. And, you know, the names that really stick out to me from those lists of so many people was, believe it or not, Spud and Zack Ryder in particular. If we all saw uh, Drake Maverick's video that he posted, absolutely heartbreaking. Absolutely yeah, heartbreaking. I, I, um, I, I literally cried. And yeah. what, what bothered me the most about it is that he was announced for this cruiserweight tournament and he he said in his video he's going to be allowed to compete and he even said that he has like three matches so it seems like he's making it to the finals it the thing with maverick is that you know maverick is one of those people and if you listen to any Anybody who's, who's really worked in the business talk about Ma- Maverick, and we saw this from the outpouring on Twitter, he is just a a resource for wrestling yep. knowledge yep. and for passion of the business. Um, I you mean, know, he, especially for someone of his size and the fact that he is British and the fact that he's been able to make a name for himself, whether it's been an impact, whether it's been across the various other promotions, and even now in this new Drake Maverick character. He's done a lot with progress. He's done a lot with uh, all, all of the UK indies. Um, he, he, he's literally done shit everywhere. And then he, he was brought in. I still remember when he was brought in. He was made the GM of the division. And then he was put with the Authors of Pain. And I met him when he was with the Authors of Pain. And then... You know, they had their injuries and stuff, so they separated them. Then he had, like... He literally allowed a WWE segment to be filmed at his goddamn wedding. That's the thing with Maverick. And, you know, I really hope that they are able to get some opportunities to find themselves back in a WWE ring if they want to. Um, Certain superstars like Brian Myers, a.k.a. Kurt Hawkins, I don't think necessarily might pursue that. But the other one who really got me was Zack Ryder. Um, Zack Ryder, like you and I, are both from Long Island. Um, You know, Zack Ryder is, you know, and we saw this online, too, from the AEW roster, from the WWE roster, if it wasn't for Zack Ryder and his internet championship, you would not have being the elite. It's that plain yeah, and simple. Uh, you, you wouldn't have WWE's the bump. You wouldn't have WWE doing Snapchat stories now. You wouldn't have 
storylines being progressed in social media. You wouldn't no. have promotion in social media. Zack Ryder got himself over to the point where he, he was did. he was given the mania moment of winning the ladder match, even though it was for a goddamn day, which I still think is disgusting. I think so too. You but know the he, thing with Ryder. But um, the, the thing with Ryder is, you know, he is, you know, he he he's us. He's one of us, and I think that you know that's shown in really just his. You know, he marks out all the time, and but it, he relates to us. And if you've ever been to a WWE show in the tri-state area, especially at NYCB Live, we want Ryder is still chanted on a regular basis. Oh my God. Yeah, it, it, it is. And the thing is, it's it's going to be. Now, like, it. we brought up the whole like thing about relationships before and how they're kind of doing good by them. Now, Zack Ryder's fiance is currently like being pushed on NXT. Chelsea Green. Now, I'm... I, we have mentioned before that... Before we started uh, this show. That I believe that a lot of these are furloughs. I do. I, I think a lot of them are going to be back. Now, who who's going to be back? I don't know. But, I mean... Zack Ryder literally... Took shit that was given to him and made it gold. He even did, yeah. he even did the angle where he was injured and he was friends with Cena and he was going for the diva and she kissed John Cena behind his back and came through him off the stage in a wheelchair, like. He, he, he's literally taken shit and made it gold. He... Yeah. Him and Kurt Hawkins got a fucking Raw Tag Team Championship reign. Even though it wasn't that, that mania. <laughs> he was getting... Like... You know I'm very proud of my belts. And the signatures on my belts. Now... Absolutely. On my IC belt, I currently have... Goldust, Cody Rhodes, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre. I need, I would like to get a Jericho signature on that, a Miz signature on that, and a Zack Ryder signature on that. Yeah, I mean, Zack Ryder, I mean, you know... I think really in recent memory, you know, you think of Daniel Bryan winning it at 31, and you think of Zack Ryder. I think Daniel Bryan's always going to be my uh, elusive. I feel like he's going to be my elusive too, actually, because I was gearing up to meet him for in Tampa, and obviously that didn't happen. But yeah, Ryder, it's really interesting. Um, you know, Ryder and I grew up in the same town um, in Merrick, uh, Long Island, and you know, he's also a big Disney fan as I am. And several years ago, I was in Disney World and I had Ryder's new shirt on and I posted a picture doing the, you know, the LI Long Island thing in front of Cinderella's castle. 
little did I know. Um, he was there? <laughs> no, but Zack Ryder, a.k.a. Matt Cardona, took my picture from Twitter and posted it on his Instagram as his post. And, you know, it's so cool. When, and Bailey's like this whenever she's in the San Jose area. Roman's like this whenever he's down in Florida. But it's the hometown connection that superstars are able to establish really goes a long way. And Long Islanders are very proud to be, you know, from Long Island. And in a way, Zack Ryder is almost the face version of MJF, if you will. You know, MJF, we said it does this like this flid persona. And for those of you who don't know, a flid is a fucking Long Island douchebag. We all yep. know who those are. <laughs> but yep. um, Ryder is the opposite of that. And I keep saying Ryder. I should be saying Cardona. Well, but Matt Cardona, Zach Ryder, woo, woo, woo. You know it. Like, I mean, his shirt, though, was his, his new shirt. You know, right before it was released, his hashtag was always still here. Not, yeah, and now it's not there. And now there. his shirt says not there, and it's the number one shirt on pro wrestling tees. I picked one up as well as Spud's shirt that showed him um, with a blacked out 24-7 title from his wedding night when it was around, you know, Shawn Michaels style, around his no, uh, small privates, package, if his you will. Privates. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, I've... I've still like I'm setting up multiple carts because I'm kind of in that I want to support everyone type of a deal like I do have the rider shirt I do have the spud shirt but I also have like a bunch of shirts and uh, carts on uh, release superstars big cartels like their personal mm-hmm. ones because uh, I've said this in the past I always prefer to buy from the superstars personally because they get more of the money instead of say like pro wrestling tees. Pro wrestling tees gets the a huge cut. But I want to bring up something about that in a little bit. But one of the favorite shirts that I've recently got was for a one Diana Brazo. Yes, and she yeah. is also you know she, I think is really the most one of the most notable NXT layoffs in addition to Leo Rush but um Diana you know the thing with Diana is she's going to be successful no matter what oh, you know ring d- she finds herself d- in it's d- just d- a matter of time yeah she will i mean she was successful before she found WWE NXT she was a woman of honor i actually got a chance to see her do a uh, dark match against Sumi Sakai at the hammer sign and she literally when she says that she's a Fujiwara armbar specialist you don't just say that you're a Fujiwara armbar specialist you get designated by the person who teaches you the Fujiwara armbar a specialist and that that's one of her monikers and she is a Fujiwara armbar specialist on top of the fact she's one of the sweetest nicest individuals a lot of fans will know her as 
formally dating Marty Scarl. Whether they are or not, that's not my case. She's a phenomenal Who wrestler. Who cares? She's <laughs> a phenomenal wrestler, and I didn't just buy one of those shirts. I bought four. In, yeah, in multi- I mean, in multiple colors, and I even said when she posted that, "Oh my God, I need to have this mine, mine, mine," and she liked it and retweeted it back saying, "I'm back home." That's the thing, you know, with some, and I just got chills even you saying that, but um, a lot of these superstars. Who were, you know, hopefully furloughed, maybe not. It's not necessarily, you know, a a death sentence, if you will. That, you know, I feel like for in years past, if you were released by WWE, you know, we all remember the old TNA days when they were just the mill for washed up WWE talent. That's not the case anymore. Um, but it's very interesting. You know, we saw, or for those of you who didn't, Cody Rhodes put up a remarkable post about Matt Cardona um, reflecting you know it was a picture of him winning that IC title but um, you know it really speaks to their friendship and I think that's such a cool thing now in the business that you know if this was the Monday Night Wars you're not going to see a WCW talent you know, coming out in support of a WWE talent. Not that at wasn't all. happening. Not at all. You know, um, and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash have even, you know, said and spoken about the heat that, you know, they received coming into WCW um, and vice versa when the invasion angle happened. Um, so that wasn't really what was protocol, but now it's a community. And I mentioned this on Wednesday, and it's still on my Twitter. That's at Long Island 1892 for anyone who's interested. But in 2018, I was let go from my job due to quote-unquote financial restructuring. And I found out on a pre-recorded conference call the day before my birthday, which was also my day off. Completely sucked. Here's the biggest difference, though. All these wrestlers, especially ones like Matt Cardona and Spud, it it was their dream to be in the WWE, and they achieved that dream. So for this to happen and for reality to sit in, you know, it's like gold isn't dream over. You know, and it's that reality sits back in, which makes it even so much more impactful. And obviously, superstars and, you know, who have segued into the producer roles, like Kurt Angle, like IRS, like Hurricane, like Fit Finley, who's done so much for the women's division, yeah. were also affected by this. Even Mike Chioda, the, you know, the famous the ref. Mike Chioda started refing ref. before I was born. Me too. Um, You know, and it's like these people are, you know, their whole lives were turned upside down as so many of our lives have been turned upside down because of the virus. You know, I can't wait for this quarantine to be lifted because, you know, that first wrestling show where attendance is allowed 
Oh my god! I think we, that, I think that, we gotta find a way to be there. Yeah, dude. I'll put it this way: my uh, my Europe trip is officially canceled, so I'm I'm literally stateside, and as of right now, my job can't officially restart until next month. But I'm not gonna lie; I'm fully expecting March. I mean May fifteenth to come around, and I'm just extend it to june 15th and then me to realize i have to celebrate my 31st birthday in quarantine but no what i'm getting at is yes i 100 percent agree i don't know where i don't know when but we should look into it even if we're flying i have credits yeah no that's the thing we all have credits because we were all supposed to be down for mania yeah. And, you know, Mania, I think, was such a new format that they showed. But another new interesting concept that they revealed from Money in the Bank, which was always one of my favorite, you know, non-Big Four pay-per-views, is this climbing the corporate ladder mentality. Um, I think it could be cool um, if it's done correctly. Um, you know, I would love for them to bring the authority back. Um, if, you know, Triple H is supposed to be on TV, let Triple H come back and like screw somebody like, over. Like, no, not even that. But just let them like let Triple H be a heel. Let Stephanie be a heel. Let all these corporate lackeys who everybody already is like annoyed with anyway for various reasons. Like let them come back and be the heel. You know, we all um if those of us who might not have though there was a headline circulating that the amount of layoffs and furloughs equaled the amount of money that Goldberg got paid for his appearance in Saudi Arabia so arguably if Goldberg didn't come back these people might not have been laid off now that's obviously a conspiracy theory especially if you are not a fan of Goldberg which I am not um but you know, it's it's crazy because we find ourselves with Bray Wyatt back in the title picture against Braun. Um, I, for one, hope Braun was a transitional champion. You know, he definitely is. I don't. You know, that train shirt is terrible. Oh my God, <laughs> Strowman Express. You bring up Strowman, and I I, I want to talk about something with Strowman, and then I actually want to talk about the corporate ladder for a minute and then I want to transition into this. Okay, first off, like we we just like got off of like a a huge conversation about like the layoffs. Now the while WWE's just starting this this past week, a lot of the independents got fucked over. Not not obviously not intentionally. But because mania, no. mania didn't go on. Um, now, from that, the mania payday isn't just huge for the WWE superstars. It's for the independent superstars that are doing six, seven shows over the weekends as well. And you know, obviously, those uh, events got canceled too. And outside of being in events, how do these independent stars make money? Promoting their merchandise to be purchased by fans. 
And Braun Strowman had a very, very, very bad take. Yes, he did. I'm actually glad that you brought that up. Um, you know, I've been very vocal on the fact that I think Braun Strowman is extremely underrated. I mean, not underrated, overrated. He's extremely overrated. Um, for me, you know, I've only enjoyed his matches, not even when he was with the Wyatt family, but literally that ambulance match with Roman. That was really the only time that I saw, like, main event potential. Because if you take his size out and you take his look out of the equation, you don't really got much going for you. No. Um, And then, but elaborate on that take that he had before Uh, all of this. uh, So he basically called out these independent superstars on trying to get their merchandise sold saying that they should have had backup plans and it's not fair to have merchandise forced on the fans yada 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 in all honesty i could probably find the tweet but i'd rather not because i i i no, I, yeah. I actually blocked braun Strowman. Really? See, I don't have Strowman blocked. I blocked him for that take. Now, my reason for that is because, for example, I have five Killer Cross shirts. He didn't ask me yeah. to buy any of them. I I bought them on my own accord. I, I, I have shirts from Impact. I have shirts from Ring of Honor. I have shirts from New Japan. I have shirts from wrestlers in Chikara, which is a phenomenal independent organization that operates in the tri-state area. And my favorite is actually Still Life with Apricots and Pears, who is a non-binary wrestler. And their shirts are the most amazing thing ever. But it's... that's neither here nor there. What pisses me off about his take is the fact that he's he's signed to WWE. He's Universal Champion now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know where he came from before he debuted as the Black Sheep that we talked about last week. He was in... He was a strong man. He was like um, so. He was like an, an Arnold strongman type of a deal. Yeah, he was in like the world's strongest man competitions and um, bodybuilding okay. and stuff like that. Now, right there, there's only one person that I will call the world's strongest man, and that's Mark Henry. And I got a chance to meet him. He literally him. is the world's yeah, strongest. I, I, man. I got a chance to meet him in Manhattan. And we watched Raw, and he was telling us stories with Dave LaGreca about the the behind-the-scenes stuff. It was the most awesome thing ever. Neither here nor there. But the thing is, I still remember when Braun was being labeled as too green. He's yada, yada, yada. They fucked him up on so many pushes, and then he wins the Greatest Royal Rumble. Andre the Giant, Battle Royal. I see. So now he's being given everything. But I'm curious to find out if he's still 
has these sentiments about his former colleagues? I say I think he probably feels like shit because he is very good friends with EC3 and Spud, yeah. who were both affected by, you know, by these furloughs and, you know, by this Black Wednesday. Um, and, you know, not to mention the likes of Rusev were also, you know, let go. And, you know, it's just like even Heath Slater, you know, and his shirt's great, too. If you you know, his his one WWE shirt was I got kids. I got kids. His I, now I this shirt job. is I got kids. And now his shirt is I got fired. That's his shirt. Wait, um, it, I, and I, I, I didn't even see that. Yes, that is on uh, Pro Wrestling Tees right now if you want to check that out. If anybody wants to check it out. Um, you know, like I said, for me, and I, I, you uh, mentioned Braun Strowman with the shirt controversy. I'll be quite honest with you. Wrestling shirts are my wardrobe because they are the equivalent of a jersey for sports. <gasps> oh, oh right? my God. See that shirt? Yeah, you, you could add that one to your card. Yeah, uh, now... It's kind of funny you brought up Heath Slater because a lot of us have jokingly wanted him to get fired for one reason and one reason only. He was formerly a member of the 3MB, 3-man band, and now all three of them have been fired. The other two who were fired came back, bulked up, and won the championship. Don't hinder the gender. Yeah, but uh, uh, I'm going to say don't hate the slate. Like, it... Well, I like that. Yo, in all honesty, the 3MB prophecy is going to come true. I'm I'm hoping, but... I'm I'm, I'm, I'm very sour about... I'm I'm so sour about the Braun thing. Because this guy who had this bad take was then because of things outside his control awarded the championship. Now that was the thing; he was awarded it. He didn't like he, he didn't earn he it. He didn't earn it, and Roman even called him out on that. Which is why another reason why I will always be a Roman Mark because <laughs> even no matter what position that he's in. He's the Roman Reigns character is one that, you know, is he knows who he is. Yeah. And, you know, even even today, um, it's the anniversary of his brother, uh, Matt, who passed away. Um, who actually. No. Um, Rosie. Yeah. Um, who was famously a tag team partner with Hurricane, who was also Yo, affected by those furloughs. Superhero um, in so, training. He was a shit. Right. And, you know, and it's just like there are these there was this rumor saying that, like, the on-screen talent wasn't supposed to mention Roman Reigns because he was a Munoz compromise and called himself out of WrestleMania 36. Now, if that's the case, 
That's bullshit because Roman Reigns has done every single thing for that company and has never once wavered. He never once pulled a Seth Rollins and bitched on Twitter. He's never <laughs> once pulled a John Moxley and went on Chris Jericho's podcast and tarnished the WWE. Roman's never done that, even though he had every right to do that because he's been thrown in these positions that basically, if you're not me, he was force fed down your throat and people didn't like that. No, I. So you know, I mean, for Roman to call out Braun is again just a testament to who the Roman Reigns character is. And when he said back in the day, "One versus all," he fucking meant it. Oh yeah. Now, now with that, I I don't think Roman was uh, asked to not be mentioned because of anything he did. I think it's just because. Between his immunocompromisation and having removed himself from uh, WrestleMania, and now, as of earlier today, yesterday, he announced that him and Galliana, his wife, are expecting their second set of twins. Congratulations to Knife family. A.K.A. Roman hit the lottery twice this is kid four and five in their second set of twins it, it it's not supposed to work like that but i guess he just has like the super sperm neither here nor there but i think it's just because between those two things he literally has z- no timetable of when he's going to come back no and i mean the thing is he is in remission from leukemia um, and you're not even for that. I mean, it's Roman, like Roman Reigns, I think has earned some time off. That might sound weird being that <laughs> he just came back, but he's earned that time off because, you know, even when you think about SmackDown and just think about that feud with Corbin that lasted forever, how long, what, six, seven months. Oh, it you know, was like, all, uh... Like, and that's no fault to Corbin. That's no fault to Roman. That's just, you know, what they were told to do. And they showed up and did their work. You know, both uh, ex-football players, you know, they're, you know, the, you know they, they do the grinds. You know, that's what they're used to. They, they want to show up and beat people up. That's what they're there to do. But, you know, it's like, good. Be healthy, Roman. Like, take your time. Stay at home like the rest of us. Like relax, like not like the the thing is that I've, you know, I think the only thing that's keeping me sane during this quarantine is I've been focusing on those small victories, those silver lining moments, the you know opportunity to, you know, really kind of, you know, go back and watch some of those great matches, which brings us to our next topic. Not only was this week Black Wednesday, but unfortunately we saw and was uh, informed about the passing of the great Howard Finkel. Rest in peace to the Fink. You know, the, we all remember the classic Survivor Series moment at Madison Square Garden when CM Punk taunted Alberto Del Rio's inclusion of Ricardo by having Howard Finkel announce the voice of the voiceless into the ring. And there are countless examples of Howard Finkel. When you think of ring announcing in WWE, odds are you're envisioning 
Howard Finkel's voice in your mind? The, the Fink, the, definitely the Fink, and for the interviews, Mean Gene. Absolutely, and they're both gone, which is crazy. Um, yeah. You know, which is why I think you and I are both are big proponents of meeting your heroes. Um, you know, I never did an official meet and greet with uh, Mean Gene Okerlund, but I did meet him. I did say hello to him. Um, and I'm very happy, you know, that I did do that now. I wish I would have done the same for Fink. Um, but, you know, Howard Finkel is, you know, one of those people. And he was always billed as WWE's first employee, um, which I think is ironic, especially given that he passed, you know, during this week of all this commotion in terms of employment in WWE. It it, it was the equivalent of the icing on the cake in a positive sense, but negative. It's like you you had all all these people furloughed, and a lot of people can agree and will agree that it wasn't warranted, especially after a really shysty gesture done by WWE uh, to get named essential but I, I i don't want to go into politics because i'm i'm so disgusted we can leave that where it is but so the antithesis of the icing on the cake but for negative like you just got labeled essential then even no way jose and sarah logan flew out for raw yeah both got squashed on raw and then got let go on Tuesday. Really? Like who I don't understand. I didn't understand it. Um, particularly with Sarah Logan. Um, no way, Jose. You know, I, I I've never been a biggest fan of the the Rosebud spinoff characters. But you know, either way, you know, you don't do that to someone. You know, I like. I I mean, you're really gonna have them fly out, risk their safety. And then squash them, and then your services are no longer needed. To uh, me, what it does is for all the people, and you know there are people who aren't like us who worship CM Punk. You know those people exist. And for me, what this does is it validates every single promo that CM Punk cut. Oh, absolutely. Every single pipe bomb, every single thing when he, that famous one with John Laurinaitis and um, Triple H, and he was like, oh, did you fire him? Did you go in the back and tell him he was laid off? Every single word that the voice of the voiceless has preached, whether he was the leader of the Nexus, whether he was the on ECW, whether he was spinner belt champion and had to lose it to The Rock, was validated this week. As it's been <coughs> countless times, but this is another example of it being validated. It absolutely was. And... It's kind of funny because a lot of people, at, like, in this break from the live crowd, have been thankful for, you know, not getting the CM Punk chance, of course, not getting the what chance, etc., etc. Now, I, I got the honor to meet CM Punk slash Phil Brooks, or I take it back, I got a chance to meet Phil Brooks, aka CM Punk, and... I still remember him getting announced as the new champion at Money in the Bank in Chicago. 
and leaving through the crowd with it. And if I'm yeah. not, if I'm not mistaken, who who did that championship announcement? Finkel, wasn't it? Point proven. So that yeah. that that's where this ties in. Now, absolutely. That hit the pipe bomb like everyone's been like you even brought up in our multiple chats like you know our favorite punk promos and mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not gonna lie I hated that promo at first but you even said yourself that you were more of a tweener baby face yeah exactly you know fan that's the no. so I'm the opposite in that I'm more of the tweener heel fan yep um because let's be honest I'm kind of a sarcastic prick but that's just me you're you're a good sarcastic break, but but what oh, I'm what I'm getting at is the fact that leading into meeting him, and then from meeting him, I now agree with every goddamn thing he said. That's the thing, you know. CM Punk, you know, for me, um, he was always. You know, my like the thing is with me growing up, I always knew I wanted to be tattooed. When you looked at CM Punk, even when he was his early days, he was one of the few people that were heavily tattooed on the roster other than The Undertaker and, you know, whatever, but not. And the thing was, if you know CM Punk's backstory, why he calls himself a punk, you know, that really going into like the nitty gritty and Phil Brooks's story, it just. It was. It's amazing to me that CM Punk, knowing who he is, and and I'm gonna bring up something controversial here. He had the balls to go into an octagon and get his ass beat twice. Not everybody would do that, especially doing the reverse of what Ronda Rousey did when we spoke about last week and the fallout of her calling all the fans fake. CM Punk did the opposite of it. And he was called a fake UFC MMA competitor for making that transition. Yeah, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because the same way Ronda's always been a WWE fan, Punk's always been a UFC fan. He's always been a mixed martial artist fan. He's always been a mixed martial artist. many, Many times you'd see him in front row shows in Chicago, whether they be Bellator, whether they be UFC, etc, etc. And I'll put it this way. I couldn't make it in in professional wrestling. I'm not going to call it sports entertainment. Professional wrestling or UFC. Yeah, no. 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 He's done both. And don't forget, he also was, in wrestling, he wasn't a Vince guy. He That's the thing. He was, he was, he, he was Daniel Bryan before Daniel Bryan was Daniel Bryan. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. He was that, that edgy B-plus player. And the reason why I say that is because I don't know about you, but I could certainly speak for myself. I always, no matter where I was working, and particularly in this one place that I worked for 10 years, they literally told me to my face, you know, you're just, you're just not what we're looking for. 
You know, yeah, you're, just, uh, you're just not. You're, you just don't fit what we're going for. You know, you're just you're too edgy. You're too much of a punk. You're too much of an outsider. That you're really just. You know, you're, you're, you're not, not one cookie of us. cutter enough. You're not. Right, one you're of not us. one of us. You know, and that's why the moniker "Voice of the Voiceless" resonates so much with me. And even when I met, you know, CM Punk, I met CM Punk after, you know, a lot of. You know, I went through some personal stuff after my best friend and brother passed away in 2010, very similar to your story. And that was the time where CM Punk was having that feud with Jericho, specifically about being straight edge, uh, which CM Punk often did. That, that, but it resonated so well with me, too, because I was going through that same battle myself internally. So I said, here's someone who not only is going through the same struggles I have, but he's doing what I've dreamed of doing my whole life. And on top of that, the kid has a fucking Commander Cobra tattoo. Oh on my his oh shoulder. my god, Cobra like the Cobra you know Commander I mean? tattoo. It, I, I wanna swag jack that so much, but I don't have the arm space to swag jack <laughs> that. But um it's kind of funny you mentioned that because uh I've, uh, I'm very open. I've struggled with substance abuse. However, like today, I'm clean from controlled substances. I only drink, and I drink conservatively. But uh, I uh, parted ways with uh, some old friends, a man who calls himself a king, and uh, a militant named Mac. I don't know if, if you guys know that reference, yeah. it's cool. But uh, because of an incident that happened when I was drinking. Now, was I a little drunk? Yes. But that's neither here nor there. No. What I'm getting at is a fact is leaning into you brought up the Jericho punk feud it, with and I still vividly remember Punk being by that left corner post closest yes. to the stage and Jericho literally pouring the yes. booze into his face saying you're going to become your daddy. Yeah, what, you're just it, like your father. You're going to do it. And, and didn't he call him Phil? Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. he called him he, Phil he, during he, that. He, he, he called him Phil. And it's just like that, like I'm said I'm very open like I went through a court mandated state mandated like you know drug treatment program I had my troubles but I I, I got through it but like looking back on that I still remember how real it was and I Jericho's exactly. my Jericho's one of my favorite people and I hated punk but after that happened i'm just like am i supposed to hate jericho right and i did and i was like who and are I, you and i did and then that that made me watch all the cm punk stuff yeah. from ring of honor like and that's when i started seeing the lines between story and 
reality get blurred because I mean like all the time like dude if if that was me like if somebody did that to me with cocaine storyline or not it'd be like are you fucking kidding me well that's the thing you know and for me you know CM Punk's real name as we said is Phil Brooks um you know my best friend I call my brother who passed away his name was Phil um and it happened 2010 right before the summer of punk um so me being the punk mark already when that summer of punk happens you know it was just like pouring gasoline on a fire in my fandom for his because he I mean he literally like he just became this larger than life persona and the thing was, like Roman, and one of my favorite matches is when The Shield first debuted and Punk and Roman had a match together, because like Roman, ironically, they stand their ground, no matter what it is, no matter what um, adversity they're thrown in their way. But kind of to transition from the CM Punk talk, because we all know that we can do this all night, is the... You know, it was remarkable for me and maybe not remarkable, but at least what was remarkable to me was the length was this other former wrestler who joined the Octagon, a.k.a. Jack Hager, formerly known as Jack Swagger, who found himself in a really prominent position in AEW, now back in on the main event against AEW champion, the former WWE superstar Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley. And the thing is, people had a very mixed receptions to this match. I thought it was great how long the match went for. I, you know, there's nothing that can take, you know, away from that match. But it wasn't. I don't know. I felt like, you know, I don't really like Hager's character. I was not a fan of Swagger. You know, I was. I, I'm a big Page fan. So, you know, after the whole. Uh, Del Rio thing, you know, pretty much anything associated with Del Rio, I'm not a fan of, and that includes Jack Hager, or Jake Hager, whatever his AEW name is that I always get screwed up. But, um, what do you think about Hager's time in AEW? Um, so I, I got a chance to see him, uh, debut, and I like him, I, I like him in AEW. However, there's a big part of not his character, him, that I absolutely hate. I said we wouldn't get into politics, but I I, I have to break my own rule. I'm sorry. If you're a MAGA, make America great again fucker who supports this orange bitch in the goddamn presidency, then I'm sorry. We won't be friends. I, I, you can delete me from any of your social medias. You can delete me from your phone. I don't give a fuck. That's where I do not like Jack Swagger, Jake Hager, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Because he's such a MAGA loving piece of shit. So is Randy, and it's it, it, it's kind of funny because they have the same feeling about Randy. But yo, when he does an RKO out of nowhere, I love it. But 
You know, for me, when it comes to, um, you know, superstars um, and really any celebrity, um, you know, I'm not really going to comment on politics being that, you know, I used to work for the government, so that's not here nor there. But I'm so sorry. (laughs) But for that reason, um, (laughs) I don't really like when any celebrity tells me their political views. Whether it's left or right or center, I, I don't want to know. I do not come for you for political expertise. You are not political scientist. You're not a politician. You're a professional wrestler. In his case, he is a UFC a mixed martial artist and a professional wrestler. Talk about that. Focus on that. That's what your expertise is. That's what you make your money in doing. You don't make your money doing politics. Much like um, Jesse Ventura, like I don't like. It's not needed. Even Kane being a mayor, like, I just don't need that crossover as much as, like, some other crossovers I, mean, I enjoy. I mean, uh, I'm fine with Kane being mayor because he doesn't come on TV as Kane or as Glenn Jacobs or as maskless Kane and be, like, Republican Party, yada, yada, yada. Like, but you brought up this match. Now, on paper, it should have been amazing. That's the thing. With Moxley, you know, and we've commented about this before. I am a big fan of Moxley with the AEW belt. Um, his promo after Revolution was really revolutionary for the character of John Moxley, as well as his development specifically from the Lunatic Fringe uh, going into, you know, this you know this one-eyed militant you know john moxley which i'm all for yo solid snake yeah now i mean i i still remember being in the crowd and seeing john moxley come out and then getting pictures of him standing on the casino chips for double or nothing after he what we now know as know as a paradigm shift shifted Kenny Omega off the fucking that like that it was amazing and now I got a chance to meet Mox as Mox in NEW that was before he won the title and he was absolutely awesome like Now I just have another person who has to autograph that AW championship that I got legit replica, like you know, real leather and everything. JB Toys, if shoot me a message if you guys want to inquire about they make really good stuff at JB Toys One on Instagram. My favorite belt, it's fucking heavy as shit, but this match should have been amazing and they even gave it the halftime heat empty arena at daily's place it was too long yeah it was definitely long and it you know crazy enough about you know this past wednesday i had the opportunity to actually speak with uh mr s himself billy gunn um via a zoom call along with austin uh, details not that important, but it was really cool just being able to say hello and check in with them as they're self-isolating as well. Um, but, you know, what I found really crazy was, you know, that AEW 
is in the same situation that WWE is in with the virus and everything that's going on. But, you know, I don't know. It just, it just hits different. It just hits different. No, uh, no uh, it's interesting you mentioned that because uh, uh, you can vouch I am not one for for ratings. I'm not one for the ratings war who got more viewers. I don't really pay attention to it. I mean, I, I don't... Uh, uh, I don't either, but AW's been running house the past two weeks. NXT's done. Last week it was by 1,000. This week it was by multiple digits. But AW still has a key demo. Now, my name is David John Malkwich, and I don't know what the fuck that means. I, I mentioned every episode so far. I watch both at the same time. But this week and last week, I was glued to NXT. Yeah. Ladder match for the women's uh, NXT championship. Io Shirai won. If you know me, you know I'm a, a Joshi... I, I, I love Joshi wrestling. That you do. I, honestly, I think one of these days I'm going to marry one of them, but that's just me. By all means. <laughs> also, we had Champo Gargano one last beat, and then we had Cross from afar. This week, we have Cross show up, and then we had the debut of Timothy Thatcher, like another person who I mentioned before we recorded but I also got a chance to see Timothy Thatcher at these MLW shows. And Timothy Thatcher is l- literally one of the most hardcore fuckers I've ever seen. If you look at his smile, he has multiple chipped teeth <laughs> from so many hardcore And he's matches. been offered to get and them t- fixed too and refuses, by the way. Oh, yeah, a- a- absolutely. I mean, yo, you can look up to see a match between him and Minoru Suzuki from NJPW at a blood sport event it, 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 it's fucking insane but anyway like what I'm getting at is just that like you have Thatcher subbing for Pete Dunne while he's across the pond and he basically debuted to help Riddle defend the titles was given the title and behind the scenes, he gave it back to Riddle and said, I don't need a fucking title. Like, it, like, and I, I'm a big fan of Thatcher from... Thatcher was squatted up with Scheidenfreude, and... He was squatted up w- with Walter over there. Like, he was squatted up with so many of my favorite UK wrestlers, and... Then, like, Walter and him got kind of, like, booted because they signed with the Fed. (laughs) But, like, and then you had the ending of Killer Cross's face over a dead Champa. Like, I love both of them, but I'm sorry, the past two weeks, NXT's one. I still love AEW. I, I I absolutely love AEW, and I think AEW does better with their 
performer relations. But funniest thing is, we mentioned a uh, a bad take by Braun Strowman, one of AEW's uh, performers actually had a really bad take uh, yesterday. He literally wrote on Twitter, I'm going to say what he wrote and then I'll say who wrote it. He said, holy shit, I will get fired once AEW signs all these WWF rejects. And it was one half of the best friends, Chuck Taylor. Aw, Chucky T. And and, and the the thing is, apparently people in his own company frowned really bad on that. Yeah. Now, I, I... I under I understand where he. I mean, I could see where he's, he's coming, coming from. from, though. I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, uh, the thing with Chuck Taylor is, you know, compare him to Trent Beretta, who obviously they're best friends, you know. But like, there's a reason why. And again, Trent Beretta is also another Long Island kid. Shout out to Syosset. Um, But like, you know, I don't know. For me, you know, and we were talking about this before, the difference between NXT and AEW is the same difference between Breaking Bad and Ozark. They're basically the same fucking show, but they're just, they're different. They're different in their tactics. It's still about, you know, the family guy going bad and it being, you know... You know, what happens when, you know, you throw a wrench in that family life, whether you're making meth or whether, you know, you're money laundering. It doesn't make a fucking difference in the instance that they're both on Wednesday night. They're both going head to head and they're, you know, they in Walter White's case, he has Skyler. And in Martin Bird's case, you know, he has um, what's her face that I can't think of her name. But, um, you know, for me, I've always been, I've always watched both promotions. Even when I was little in the 90s, um, you know, my family spends a lot of time in Florida. And guess what was on all the time? WCW. Um, you know, which is, which halfway started my fandom and appreciation for Dusty Rhodes um, was in watching WCW and, you know, in really getting a sense of those hard times. Um, so I've always hot been times, appreciation of just the fact that now we have more wrestling to watch. For me personally, I never watched NXT live um, when it was pre-recorded because it was pre-recorded and I got used to that. So for me, the, it's just like AEW is like AEW is competing with NXT in the sense that AEW is wild. We're in the same situation that WWE is in with the coronavirus they're not in the same situation along in their business mentality but enough of the wrestle talk to wind everything down we mentioned before Cody Rhodes's you know really appreciation for Matt Cardona in that post something that the two of them both appreciate and the two of us both appreciate is Star Wars And for me, you know, I saw a post earlier during the week from the Star Wars Twitter. And if you're a part of Star Wars Twitter, you know, that's more toxic than wrestling Twitter. And that's Uh, 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 if you're part of Star Wars Twitter, you know, it's fucking it's terrible. And it just it got me 
really annoyed at the concept of gatekeeping. Um, for those of you who don't know, gatekeeping is basically when members of a fandom try to challenge, you know, you see how much of a fan you really are. And if you, you know, have the same opinions and if you know the same, you know, bullshit trivia, well, okay, you can sit with us. I hate that <laughs> mentality. I hate gatekeeping. Um, you know, I think we saw this past Wednesday that regardless of how much of a wrestling fan you are, how could you not feel something for the superstars released? And we saw this regardless of promotion, regardless of, you know, your position in a company or regardless how much of a fan you are. There was no gatekeeping Wednesday evening. Um, and I think that's something to be said, you know, before, uh, those bullshit journalists who, uh, claimed to be as such, AKA Brad Shepard had to go ruin, uh, <laughs> wrestling Twitter after dark, but that's another example of gatekeeping though. This was something about body positivity, something that wrestling fans from every promotion were taking part in. I personally did not take part in that. Sorry, not sorry. I, I I didn't either, but uh, I I did absolutely support a lot of the uh, men and women that uh, participated. Yeah, I mean, you know, and just like the gatekeeping mentality, I think in any fandom, whether it's Game of Thrones, whether it's Star Wars, whether it's wrestling, it's just mind boggling to me. And of course, like my fandom of Roman Reigns, guess what? I enjoy the sequel trilogy. I love Kylo Ren. I think he's the most dynamic character, especially given his lineage. But I understand I'm in the minority of that. Am I going to get offended when somebody says, you know, The Last Jedi sucks? No, because The Last Jedi is not your typical Star Wars movie. And I understand that. But, it's, you know, gatekeeping is just so toxic. And I guess really my question, and this is the pit stop, everybody. This is our first official pit stop here on the third episode of The Crossroads. And, you know, my question to you, Dave, is really, you know, we know that our fandoms can be toxic at times because of gatekeeping. What do you think, you know, how do you think that the wrestling community and the Star Wars community, you know, can't we all just get along? You know, what do you think it, it would take for gatekeeping and the practice of gatekeeping to really, you know, be something left in the 20th century as opposed to the 21st? You know, it's it's a weird thing because I, I've kind of dealt with gate, gatekeeping all my life and it, it's not even in fandoms. Right. That's like, the thing. It's everywhere. Uh, like, I mean, when I came to college, like I was going through the gatekeeping with fraternities and like you know i was called a faggot i was called like you know the homo i was pledged quote-unquote harder than other brothers um you know i i i've gone through that for a while and then you factor in the same thing with wrestling twitter with star wars twitter with collection twitter and I mean, like, it, it, it's it's weird, but like, one of the biggest gatekeeping things was kind of like just me being me, and that's the thing. Uh, like, it, but I I I actually kind of uh, I'm I'm gonna say something I've never said before. 
Like, this is a, this is a first time only me saying this. My name is David John Malkwich, and I'm a bisexual individual. Well, there we go. Breaking news I, here on the crossroads. Yeah, yeah, br- break breaking news. And the thing is, I don't need to go further into that. I'm I'm a bisexual individual. And I, I've been given shit about it all my life. And it's kind of weird that I just admitted that, but I, I, I feel good about it. Well, like, proud of you, brother. You know, I'll always stand behind you me. as you're my brother. Yeah. And, 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 and I mean, the thing is, you know, friends of mine who've said they've been friends were the same ones that were behind my back calling me faggot or saying this saying that so it's funny that you transitioned this to wrestling twitter because apparently we can't all just get along you said it best i love wwe i love aw i love njpw i love impact i love ring of honor i love my indie shows like i i i literally love it all with star wars like i told you before i love the prequel i love the regular i love the sequels i really did love each and every one of them i love the novels like i have a fucking baby yoda like a whole whole set coming I'm assuming by June because of the deliveries and such, but like I, I, and then you can even look at my tattoos. We talked about tattoos before. I have tattoos from Harry Potter, Assassin's Creed, Zelda. I, 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 I literally exist in every gatekeeping twitter so to speak and and i'm i mean like you know this was like a big thing me coming out as a bisexual individual um and yeah like even before saying that i've experienced that gatekeeping mentality on twitter and it's it's kind of funny. I mean, like, I'm right now in my room and I'm looking at, like, 500 different Funko Pops or, like, you know, the stuff that comes in slam crates or, like, you know, my Fallout collectibles. And everywhere I look, I see a gatekeeping mentality. Like, yo, I- I'm a huge Green Lantern fan. You've seen my bag. I have a huge Green Lantern piece that has every lantern cord down my spine. And right after I got that, when a Green Lantern fan saw that, like, in what world do you have the right to get those? And I'm like, because I'm a fan. And he's like, oh, let's go shot for shot and let's go. I'm like, how about no? That's the thing. If I'm not like I, I literally said. If 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 me saying I'm a fan isn't good enough for you to accept me into 
It's then you want to argo fuck yourself. That's the thing. And, um, you know, we are very inclusive here on the crossroads. Everybody is welcome to travel the crossroads with us. I'm a very big ally and supporter of the LGBT community. Uh, my sister um, is a member of the community. And so, yeah, I'm a supporter of her and of you and of all, you know, everybody who's a part of that community. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to be with my girlfriend for four plus years. And, you know, I've met her. She's awesome, by the way. Absolutely. Shout out. Shout she out is. to uh, my girlfriend. Um, so, yeah. But, um, you know, that's the thing, you know. I'm not going to deny anybody of love or of happiness, whether it's in your personal life or whether it's in how you choose to entertain yourselves. And that's the thing that drives me nuts is that, you know, for example, one of the only communities actually that I found that gatekeeping is not a thing is actually in the show Gravity Falls. If you're a fan of Gravity Falls, it's a Disney animated show that, you know, it's really targeted for kids. But the, the humor in it is is adult humor. It's a, uh, uh, Adventure Time was meant for kids, and that humor was something else as well. Absolutely. You know, so, I mean, it's crazy to me that, you know, something like professional wrestling or science fiction or comic books, you know, can really be so divisive and it's like there's enough shit in the world that's divisive you know i i don't want to argue with someone you know why i liked the last jedi more than attack of the clones you know i could just tell you it's because every time i go to watch attack of the clones i fall asleep during it every single time it doesn't matter if i was you know 11 years old or 10 years old when it came out or now every single time I watch Attack of the Clones I fall asleep every single time uh, I, I, I mean I, I, I have a bad take on why I stay awake from for that um, I'm not going to say exactly why but it's because of a certain actress in a certain scene in a certain yeah I mean Hey, Natalie Portman, another Long Islander. So shout out to uh, Queen Yo, Amidala. and she's a fucking genius. She went to like fucking Brown. Yeah, her and uh, fucking um, Hermione went to Brown. Uh, <laughs> Emma Watson. Yeah, Emma Watson went to Brown. Speaking of gatekeeping, um, she was gatekeeped oh from the student body who made fun of her every time she answered a question saying 10 points for Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I'll put it this way, I bet they're regretting that now when she's set, she's could literally not do another movie and she's set her life with all the royalty she's getting and they're worrying about where they're fucking going to get their toilet paper from. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the what's interestingly enough, though, is Daniel Radcliffe actually just had an interview and he said that being Harry Potter led him to actually be an alcoholic. Um... And it was just, you know, you never would have expected it because everyone expected him to be Harry Potter. And he's like, no, I'm Daniel. Yeah. Like, I played Harry Potter, but I'm Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, I mean, I I still remember he was like, what, 10, 11 when 
Sorcerer's Stone came out. Yeah. He wrote that series for eight movies. That's the thing. I mean, and even so much like speaking, you know, segueing back to Star Wars, Daisy Ridley gets so much hate for being a so-called Mary Sue and being, you know, just this like white savior of the galaxy. And it's like, can you not like, Uh, it's like Daisy Ridley you know, like, say what you want about Ray, but that should not apply to I Daisy lo- Ridley. No, I, I, I love her. I love Ray. My only thing about that storyline is it mimicked very closely a storyline that they decided in the expanded universe doesn't count. Yeah. Out. Uh, I'll I'll say what that storyline was like. I was a big fan of the Han Solo, Leia having three kids. Yeah, Jason, Jaina, and Ben. Ben was the one that was killed. Jason, the male, turned into Darth Cagus, and Jaina ended up turning him very similar to how right. Ray turned. I honestly thought. Ray was going to be revealed as uh, Kylo Ren's twin sister. They honestly could have pulled it off, but neither here nor there. I, I grew up on this expanded universe, like you know the the glove of Darth Vader. Oh yeah, and like I I, I literally have a bookcase at home of Star Wars See- books. And like, for them to say like, th- it, it it doesn't count anymore. Like, no thanks. That pisses. See, me for off. me, I never, uh, I never read the expanded universe books. Not because I didn't want to, just because I never knew where to start. So I would always just rewatch the movies because I never knew where to start. But one defense of the sequel trilogy that I actually really appreciate is imagine this. So, Dave, you can create your own Star Wars movie. Do whatever you want. It's yours now. George Lucas isn't going to tell you what and what isn't canon. You can tell your story based on these established characters. Obviously, you're going to tell your story. You know, and Ryan Johnson Mm -hmm. is a wonderful director. We saw what he was able to do in Knives Out. You know, we see what he's able to do in previous movies, too. You know, did he break down, you know, the structure and, you know, really the character arc of Luke Skywalker? Absolutely. That's not here nor there. He definitely took, you know, that farm boy from Tatooine into a different direction. But it was Ryan Johnson's Star Wars. It wasn't George Lucas's Star Wars. And it, it wasn't even J.J. Abrams. Exactly. J.J. Abrams did one and three. And p- people... Like, it's kind of funny I transitioned to, like, this segment of it, but I have a whole bunch of fandoms. I'm looking at three quarters of them in my room. I have Dragon Ball Z. I have Adventure Time. I have fucking Disney. I have Harry Potter. I have fucking Marvel. With these fandoms that have done so much for me, or not so much for me, or that I'm a huge fan of Green Lantern. I don't even look at 
the social media or their critics. Nah. Like, I'll put it this way, as terrible as it was, I still love the Green Lantern movie. Because it wasn't Ryan Reynolds' fault, it was the goddamn movie's fault. Well, right, that's the same thing in wrestling, you know, as we say all the time, when, you know, it's not fair to complain about, you know, Roman Reigns, you know, about his booking. Because Roman Reigns didn't pick his booking. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same kind of thing, which is why I, you know, often see parallels between these two fandoms is because a lot of people, like I said, they'll go after Daisy Ridley nonstop. She left all of her social media specifically because of the hate she received from the sequel trilogy. Now, John Bodega was able to handle that well. Obviously, Adam Driver doesn't give a shit about what anyone says anyway. Uh, 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 Adam Driver literally, rightfully so, ended a interview when they played the a wrong scene from one of his other movies and then tried to ask him about the character's mentality. He literally walked yeah. off. Yeah, and that being said, but, This Is Where I Leave You is one of my guilty pleasure favorite movies. It's a very, very dark comedy starting Adam Driver, so if you are looking for something to watch that's not Star Wars or wrestling related, check it out. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, it, it, it's crazy. Like, at the end of the day, we have to realize whether it be in wrestling, whether it be in Hollywood, whether it be in insert your favorite shows here, the voices, the actors and actresses and the performers are fucking human beings. We all are. That's a, I mean, and, 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 and the thing is, uh, uh, even tying this back to me because I'm selfish. <laughs> About 20 minutes ago, I came out as bisexual. On this podcast, and I, I never thought I would ever be able to do that, but I felt comfortable enough. And I, don't, I honestly don't give two fucks what people say back to me. But the thing is, at the end of the day, each and every one of us are humans. Now, the thing is, you, you can dislike what you like. You can prefer Grant Gustin to Ezra Miller as a Flash. You can prefer a Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Michael Keaton... Ben Affleck or Christian Bale as Batman. Or, you know, you can, in Dragon Ball Z, you can prefer the Frieza saga. Or, hey, you like Dragon Ball Super? Whatever. Oh, we want to go to Harry Potter. Yeah, I, 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 I like them when they're older. Y- you can like each and every one, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. But at the end of the day, these individuals, all of us, we put it all out there for you. Like, I, I'm very curious to see my Twitter tomorrow after this episode is posted. Yeah, brother. I mean, and I, 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 you know. I, 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 I'm going to stay very positive, and I, I'm probably going to have a blown-up phone. Uh, like, thank you, uh, Jeff. Absolutely. Because you've allowed me to reveal my truth. Yeah, man. That's the thing, you know. Sim- si- similar to how only one other person's allowed me to, and that is someone who means the most to both of us, a Mr. 
Anthony DiStefano, uh, with my This Is Me episode, like, I, I, I'm actually on the verge of crying because, like, yeah, man, this is a free space, you know, the way that I see is, you know, I think for various different reasons, you know, I mean, bullying sucks, cyberbullying sucks, gatekeeping sucks, and, you know, you won't find any of those things here, um, you know, not at all. We accept everyone. Yeah, everyone of you know of gay, straight, bi, no matter, trans, tattooed, not fans, tattooed, Jedi, fans, Sith, tat- whatever. You could be in Slytherin like me, or you could be in Hufflepuff. I don't care. Everyone's or welcome. Or you can be in, or or you can be in Gryffindor, or you or you can like Los Ingobernables and NJPW. You can like. Los Facciones in Gobernable I mean, and ROH or you can like even if you look Vega, at you know uh, and for you too but for me right now my two favorite superstars are Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes those are the two polar opposite people in the wrestling industry but very similar because they both have that bloodline but yeah at the same time two groups of fans migrate to each and guess what here you can all be here Everyone can be here. Like I said, I don't pay attention to ratings. I watch wrestling to be entertained. You know, I mean, I fell in love with wrestling because it's always there. It's always there to watch. Even in the midst of this pandemic, we saw Cody come out on AEW and deliver that wonderful promo saying that, you know, we're here. You know, we're here and that... You know, and and, and, that, and it resonates got, with everybody. And we've gotten Jericho on commentary, <laughs> and we've gotten, and we got. I mean, you know, even the fact that you know that we have, you know, Sonya Deville being able to cut a phenomenal promo, and we're actually able to see the fruition of Otis and Mandy, and you know, it's just there's so many aspects of wrestling that. When you say you're a pro wrestling fan, I feel like everybody kind of has an idea in their head what a, who a pro wrestling fan is. And whether it's myself, whether it's you, whether it's anybody else, whether it's the grandfather himself, I think we all challenge that mold of what a professional wrestling fan is. Because a prof- professional wrestling fan is a human being. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is... Your, my my favorites cross my favorites Jericho your favorites Brian your favorites Reigns your Becky. favorites Bex oh, 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 don't worry I wasn't gonna forget can't about forget Bex. about Bex but, now I can have a whole podcast just about my appreciation the, for uh, yeah, uh, Rebecca and, Quinn and, but and then <laughs> and then I mean we brought up Ant Roman Reigns and Nikki Bella like we brought we could even bring up Phil we got. Bianca, we got Roman. Yeah. Insert names. You bring up yeah, MJ. More even of if our you family. think we of got Jeff you know Isa, Demon Diva, the one of our be- very good friends. Her Brock favorite is Lesner. Brock Lesnar. You know, and that's the thing. And Brock Lesnar was she 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 fucking defends that till she that's dies. That's the thing, and you know, and that's celebrated, and I love that passion that each of us bring to the table, even MJ with her, you know, love for Jeff Hardy. You know, everybody yeah, brings... I, 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 I can vouch for that love for Jeff Hardy, and I got a chance to meet him and I. Matt 
together and I got a chance to meet Matt a second time separate. But like, I, to this day, I still, when I jump into a pool or into the <laughs> beach, like the water at the beach, I'll do a swanton bomb. And I'll do the whole like, oh, and then I'll do my flip. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, it, it's just how it does. Then, I mean, even just the other night, me and MJ got a chance to vibe together with the Disney family single. Oh, I watched that too, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Me, me, me and Juniper were, she was hopping around to it. Today, she's in timeout right now because uh, she decided to have a little party in my room. That's all right. Bunny's got to do what Bunny's got to do. Hey, and if you want to pick up the Juniper and Bailey shirt, you can do so at Tee Public right now. But getting back to the good brother, Dusty Dave. Yeah, but and I'll put it this way. I think we need to design a tattoo shirt where we just have our arms and like tattoo, like maybe down, like cross and then on your arm, like roads, like boom. But neither here nor there. But yeah, <laughs> me and MJ were like vibing because like Disney's a big part of my life. And I'll put it this way. I literally was like crying my eyes out singing. Do you want to build a snowman with Juniper? But like, it's it's these things, like if whatever fandom, whatever you like, there will always be someone else there with you. That's the thing, you know. Especially, you know, as we wind down here again. That's really the point of the crossroads. Whatever point of the journey you're on, wherever, you know, exit you're about to take, what whatever travel plans you have, guess what? You can travel on the crossroads. It's not a toll road. You don't need an easy pass. We're not going to gatekeep you. You don't need any special, you know, uh, emission sticker or anything and like we that. Won't, we won't take pictures of your license plate and send it to you by mail. None of that. We, we welcome everyone, whether it be new friends, whether it be old friends, whether it be all around friends. That's the you thing. You are welcome here. And if, and if our friends and listeners want to find you as we wind down here, Dusty Dave, where can they do so? Once again, you can find me on Twitter at N-D-I-N-D-I-E underscore Dusty Dave. On Instagram, you can find me at O-Z-T-E-P-08. And on Facebook, you can find me at David, D-A-V-I-D, space, Malkwich, M-A-L-K-I-E-W-I-C-H. And uh, before I send it back to you, I I do want to say this to you once more and to all the people who end up listening to this episode. Absolutely. Thank Thank you for giving me this open space to finally reveal this. Yeah. Part part of me, uh, it's been a long time coming, and uh, I guess until now I haven't felt comfortable saying it, but thank you, Jeff especially, because uh, in all honesty, I think it was... uh, 
from our time together in Philadelphia that really made me comfortable enough to do this. Yeah, man. With you, and we don't we don't have to go further with that. Like, but I just want to say thank you, and thank you to whoever listens to this episode. Uh, if you guys have anything to say to me, you can reach me. Yeah, man. That's the Back. thing. Um, you know, I'm really proud of you, brother. Um, you know, that takes, you know, that's not an easy thing um, to do. I know, you know, at least my sister, that was my cousin, actually. Um, you know, I was there right by, you know, their side when, um, you know, they made, you know, their, you know, announcements. Um, and, yeah, I'm proud of you. If anybody needs an ally, if anyone needs anyone to talk to, come to me. I'll support you, whether no matter what it is. Um you know, and that's really, like I said, what, you know, what the crossroads is. You know, I think you and I have been able to, you know, really get, you know, put that positive back in pro wrestling. And that's really what, you know, we're trying to do here is let pro wrestling be fun again. Let pro wrestling be inclusive yeah. again. Let pro wrestling be entertainment again. That's what it is. And if you want to have fun watching wrestling, if you want to be entertained, if you want to join the conversation, you can do so with the crossroads. If you want to find me, DFDC Cactus Jeff, you can do so at, at Long Island 1892 on Twitter. There will be specific crossroads social media accounts in the works. Uh, but for the meantime, use hashtag the crossroads. If you want to get in touch with us or, again, just reach out to us on Twitter or on Instagram. Is there anything else, Steve, that you would like to say before we close shop for the um, night? No, today, today is the middle of April, and we're all, we're all going through a difficult time. Uh, I, I, I can vouch that I'm struggling a lot with this quarantine. As, and I can imagine as you well. are. Hey, as at, well. at least Monday's for 2020. So we all have that to yeah, look forward to. No, I, 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 at least it is. But I, 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 I want to put this out to all the listeners. Just remember, you're not alone. We're all in this together. And if any of you guys want to get in touch with me and Jeff, even outside of episode days, like... Anything at all. Please, please hit us up. If you need to talk to someone about anything, about rough times at home, about rough times in quarantine, about, about... About life. Rough times. About life. Jeff can vouch this way, and I can vouch Jeff's way. We are more than welcome to provide a listening ear. Because at the end of the day, we're all in this together. We're all humans. And this none of this works without each one of us. So please, stay positive. Stay healthy. Follow the regulations as much as, much as we hate them. Because the longer they're not followed is the longer that we don't have shows or sports or concerts, or festivals, or happy hours. Like, if you guys need someone to talk to, hit us up. 
I, my sleep schedule's all kinds of fucked up. My sleep schedule's it, always been fucked up, so it, yeah. it, 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 it's all <laughs> kinds of fucked up. So I swear, it, it, if if you guys drop me like you know a message on any of my social medias, and you really need to talk to someone, I I will be there for you. As I'll and even, I can attest that, um, you know. That's the thing, um, which I think why we've been enjoying the crossroads so much is, you know, for me, especially I'm the kind of person, you know, blood doesn't make you family. Loyalty makes you family and friends are the family you choose. And, you know, I know without a shadow of doubt, you're my brother. And as you are mine, that's the thing, you know, when you are able to really find those people that you're able to be yourself with and again proud of you brother for revealing your truth and living your truth it makes you know it makes everything better it makes everything you know fluid it makes you able to not be afraid and yeah. and, 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 and I mean I'm, I'm not gonna lie like uh, I would probably say I've known for about like five six years but if we we all remember like for a good four of those years, even before I met you, was David in drug addiction, and yeah, need to take care of that first, but, you know, like, it's a very amazing feeling to have that off my shoulders, and to not have to answer, like, oh, well, what should you prefer? Like, dude, I love everyone. Yeah, man. You know, that's, you know, and that's the thing. Um, no one's going to judge you here for it. Um, so, you know, thank you again. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's been a fun episode. Definitely a historic episode. We cannot yeah. wait to get back on the crossroads with everybody next Saturday hey, for episode I, four. I, I, I was about to ask. I think we're gonna gonna do this weekly. This is gonna be a weekly. Right. It's a weekly it trip on right. the road. Yes, um, on the crossroads. And regardless, it gives us a chance to you know chat and hang out and hang out virtually, you know, as opposed to you know in person with all the quarantine and shit. Yeah, I mean, I'll put it this way: I have a phenomenal mask coming to me in the middle of the week, so we could theoretically do that. But yeah, man, uh, and that's the thing, you know, here. As we wind down, as we say goodbye on the crossroads where we tick tock. Do the work. Good night, everyone.